0: If you'd like to support the show and get your own RSS feed with ad-free shows and extra episodes every month, then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. Back for another episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. And we are inching ever closer to Christmas. And uh, yesterday, this weekend, we did a commentary track for the dreaded holiday special, Star Wars holiday special. And uh, I must say, that was uh, tough to get through. Uh, of all the
1: commentary tracks we've done, it was one of them. It's, uh, it's one of those things. I know we were touching on it before we started recording. I'm glad we did it in the sense that we can say we did it. Mm-hmm. But the better thing about it <clears throat> is that we don't have to do it again.
0: I'm never going to watch that pile of crap ever again for the rest of my life.
1: Nope, I'm right there with you. And if anybody is like, "Hey, I think I might check it out," I'm gonna do my best to <laughs> to sway their decision. Uh, and there's, it, a, uh, there's it's a a not very, great.
0: And for you patrons that haven't listened to it yet, there is a specific um video that we watched that was edited, and we didn't know it was edited, so there was some stuff cut out. So if you want to follow along with us, I put the uh the YouTube link in the the show notes for it, so you can follow along the actual video that we watched because a we were not going to go back and restart it with the full version, and two we weren't that mad that it cut some stuff out, so there you go
1: I mean I did suggest <laughs> that you know we could redo it so that Joey image could be involved but <laughs> I I I don't think I could stomach it. Uh, no way.
0: Because <laughs> <clears throat> we were a good hour into it before we realized there was stuff being cut out. So no, we're not going back and redoing that ever.
1: No, we. Uh, speaking of Joey, image. Yeah, he's in the shout chat out To room. Joey in the chat. Pleasure as always.
0: Yeah, he should have been there with us to to enjoy the awfulness, but. Uh be glad you weren't there with us Joey this time because it was it was bad it was real bad we uh we spared him the pain, if you will <laughs> so how has everything been going as we inch ever closer to the holidays?
1: Well, I guess I could explain why we're doing the show a day late so uh for i mean I've talked about it a little bit um here on the show, but my my job that I'm currently doing, I work in communications for the, the Catholic diocese that we have here in town, mm-hmm. and I went to Tallahassee, and you're not going to believe me when I tell you this, but I swear I did it, and I have photographic proof. <laughs> I went to cover a retreat inside of a prison.
0: Wow. A retreat inside of a prison, like an so, active working prison? hmm Okay.
1: Yeah, so they have a, um, it's how do i describe it it's one of those prisons that have nicer amenities if you will like it's still prison like you can't just <clears throat> up and leave so like but,
0: a white collar prison
1: basically yes yeah um so they have a um they have like a group of you know those that have turned to religion and um our bishop went to you know do some talks and whatnot and um asked if I would be willing to go to to cover it and I'm like, "Well, if they're going to allow me to take a camera in and sure enough they did. I had to so I had to take an SD card and wipe it completely clean before I went in the prison. They had to then take the camera from the check-in gate to the chapel where I got it back. And then when I was done, they had to take the SD card and check every single photo that I took. Wow. <laughs> so it was a very in-depth process. But the, the point is it ran a, about an hour longer than I thought that it was going to. So I didn't get home in time to do the show.
0: Eh, so that's fine.
1: It, Yeah, it's it, this is the busiest <laughs> time for um for my job. So, you know. It is what it is. I I crashed
0: pretty hard when I got home. I'm sure you did. I I got to spend some time in prison uh, a few years ago. Um, I was uh, in a little movie called Cornbread Cosa Nostra. yeah. And I played a prisoner, and we filmed in an active prison. (laughs) So when I was in my prison getup, I had to have armed guards with me at all times, even if I went to the bathroom. Wherever I went, they had to go with me just in case i was mistaken as a real prisoner and not get shot for leaving outside the prison i don't know how i'd
1: feel about filming in an active prison
0: <laughs> it was but... uh, it was an experience and let me tell you it was close oh, enough to the real thing that i did not ever want to go to prison it was it was kind of like going into the scared straight program <laughs>
1: Oh, Joey says in the chat, I bet there was a ton of people trying to retreat. But, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the... Oh, he says he likes when I look over at the chat and then get yeah, because you say something funny. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, but, you know, other than that, you know, just kind of winding things down for the year mm-hmm. um, as far as work goes, thankfully. Um, I-, I tell you, there's, there's a difference between crazy busy and stupid busy. And I'm in the stupid busy category right now yeah just because between my day job between doing the podcast and you know all the freelance stuff i have going on it's it's been a lot so i look forward to uh recharging the batteries here at the end of the year
0: well we got one more show before our end of the year i just want to let everybody know what we have planned we will be taking the week of Christmas off since Christmas follows on, falls on a Monday this year. Um, we decided to go ahead and just take Christmas off. But we are going to find some time to record something, uh, a pre-recorded show for uh, New Year's because it also falls on a Monday. So we're going to have something pre-recorded for the first. So don't expect the show week of Christmas. I, you know Everybody's going to be traveling and with their family and everything. You don't, you don't need us chuckleheads. Uh, talking to you about retro games while you're trying to spend time with the family. No, we got to take the week off too, so we're gonna take the week off, everybody.
1: And if you need your nerd cave retro fix, you got 352 <laughs> episodes,
0: and you have a to, uh, to go back uh, a, a Star Wars holiday special commentary track to enjoy as well. They'll enjoy the commentary track. I don't know if
1: I hope that we could. <laughs> make watching the special a little bearable
0: uh, I think,
1: if, if you, uh, if you choose to do so.
0: Yeah. Uh, why, uh, you can listen, listen to us. Make fun of it is one thing, but watching it is, is a whole different ball game. Cause it's uh it's like you want to wash your eyes with bleach afterwards, after watching it yeah. pretty much. But, uh, but that's going to bring us to the end of our opening here. And we got some news to get to. Would you want to get to the news? Yes, sir. Some of tonight's stories were submitted to us by I Am The Ram Purge. And if you have a story you'd like us to cover, send them to NerdCaveRetro at gmail.com. And before we, we dive into the <clears throat> retro gaming news, we wanted to talk a little bit about how E3 is officially no more. They announced, was it today or was it yesterday? It was today. It was today they announced that uh, E3 is no longer going to be a thing. And this is uh, it's been a long time coming.
1: Yeah, and I think really the pandemic was what stuck the dagger in the heart yeah. of E3, you know, cuz it it was still around it. I mean, E3 hasn't been what it was for a long time. But it was one of those things that I think, you know, it's maybe a relic of its time would be the best way to describe it. Yeah. Because I'm sure you remember back in the day, like in the the early days of the internet, back before it spoiled everything, <laughs> I always loved looking forward to E3, seeing all the new trailers. That's where we mm-hmm. got, you know, like the... I remember the GameCube announcement. I remember still that first Wind Waker trailer for The Legend of Zelda, and so many people were angry about it. <laughs> I I was... Let's see, I was a sophomore in high school when that trailer dropped, and one of my uh, best friends at the time, he was a huge Legend of Zelda fan, and we would run into each other between classes, and he was so angry, he's like, this game is going to be terrible, I hate it, Link looks like freaking Felix the Cat, it's ridiculous, and it turned out to be one of the best Zelda games of all time. Yeah. So there, there are always going to be so many moments associated with E3, and yeah, in a way, it's unfortunate. But let's be honest, it wasn't E3 for a long time. Yeah, we
0: this. I mean, with the way the internet is now, especially with social media, the game companies can pretty much just release whatever they, you know, whatever they want, whenever they want. You know, Nintendo does their directs now. This really hasn't been a much of a need for E3, especially with like the Game Awards. Now all the trailers were released at the Game Awards, you know, last week. So E3 is just it, it was cool in its heyday. It was one of those. It was like Christmas for gamers, finding out what was going to be coming in the next year or two. But it's like you said; it's just it's a relic of a bygone era that's never going to come back, unfortunately, because of the ease of the internet. And we were talking about it in our group chat
1: with the two of us and Wally and Joey. Going to E three was on my bucket list. Yeah, mine at one too. point, like I, Luke, could you imagine if this podcast were around back then and we went to E three to cover it? Yeah. That would have been so freaking
0: cool. It would have been great. I always wanted to go, but just never could pull it off. And just sucks to know that, you know, these things happen. You know, life goes on, things change. And, you know, look back fondly on days of E3 past, but not a thing no more. Yeah, unfortunately. And, uh, but this first story comes to us from The Register. Steam Client drops support on Mac OS, but adds it on Linux. Valve Software's latest update announcement for the Steam Client contains news for both Mac and Linux users. Um, Latest update mentions several improvements for Linux users, but it also links to an end-of-support announcement for users on Mac OS 10.13 and 10.14. Those releases aren't supported anymore, and that marks the end of the line for 32-bit games on Intel Macs. It's not an instant 100% cutoff. The client and the games will keep working for now, but there will be no more updates. And this has kind of been slowly happening on Steam over the last few years. I've been slowly watching my uh, Steam library on Mac watch my games go gray because I can no longer play them. You know, like Torchlight, Torchlight 2, all those kind of games I can't play anymore on the Mac because they're just not supported And it sucks. And yes, I know everybody's going to yell at me, why don't you get a real PC? I'm working on it, okay? I'm not Mr. Moneybags like some of you out there. I got to work for a living and keep a roof over my head so I can't just go plop down $1,500 for a a good PC.
1: Yeah, we ain't Scrooge McDuck. (laughs) Yeah, if you want to
0: help out and kick a little bit on the Patreon, maybe I would have a PC.
1: You're like, well, if you want to complain about it, why don't you do something?
0: (laughs) But yeah, this has been (laughs) happening for a while, so it it doesn't surprise me at all, um, because I've watched a lot of my Steam games just go gray, because I can't can't play them anymore. Yeah,
1: and it's unfortunate, but like you said, this has been happening slowly but surely for a while. I've even noticed it with um, other programs, too, so... You know, like I use the Adobe Creative Cloud suite, uh, like Photoshop, Premiere, to you know do all my work, and I can't update my um software anymore on my Mac because mm-hmm. it's not compatible.
0: I know, it- which <clears throat> is
1: which sucks because on my my work computer, which is a PC, I can get you know the latest of anything on it, but mm-hmm. if I wanted to take something from my PC and try to work on it on my Mac. I can't because the version of Premiere isn't compatible.
0: Macs used to be gaming computers. What happened? What happened? I, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Chuck in the chat room says, I need to sell that Star Wars comic. As a matter of fact, I have it in my drawer over here. Uh, I have Air uh, to the Empire series on, uh, in comic book form, and they're going for a lot of money on eBay right now. So I'm thinking about selling my uh, Heir to the Empire comics.
1: Well, if you do, let me hold a dollar. All
0: right, i do it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, big man, Uh, let me hold a dollar.
1: Let me hold a dollar. (laughs) Next up from nintendolife.com, Sega plans to revive even more legacy franchises. Arguably one of the biggest highlights of this year's Game Awards show was Sega's announcement. It would be reimagining five classic IPs, including Jet Set Radio, Crazy Taxi, Golden Axe, Shinobi and Streets of Rage. In case you missed it, there is apparently even more to come, according to the official trailer. And in the PR for this announcement, it's further noted how the upcoming projects spanning a range of of genres are currently in different stages of development, with plans to release them over the next several years. So, this is pretty cool. Yeah, you know, like, like, yeah, Sega's got more in their in their back pocket than than the blue hedgehog. You know, I'm, Jet Set Radio,
0: I actually had a lot of fun playing mm-hmm. that game. I want to see a new version of Crazy
1: Taxi. That's going to be great. They got to keep that crazy announcer, though.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you ready for
1: Crazy Taxi? <laughs> oh, and you know, Streets of Rage, people will be excited for it, too. Um, Golden Axe, I've, I haven't i have played any of the games, but, you know, they seem like pretty cool RPGs. So, I I'm excited for this. You know, we've been talking about Atari getting back into the retro gaming. I think this is a great move for Sega.
0: Absolutely.
1: Bringing back some of their more notable franchises. Streets their, Rage. Their slogan should be more than just a hedgehog.
0: Yeah, exactly. They got so many good IPs. Bring them all back. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Wally ought to like this one. Oh, yeah. This is the one he talked about the other day because he was making fun of me for uh Um, the prediction I made about Game Pass. So he compared this to Game Pass being put on the Nintendo Switch. But this is from Nintendolife.com. Fortnite's dev really wants a crossover with Nintendo, but hasn't had any luck. Fortnite has had just about every crossover at the stage from Dragon Ball and Marvel to Lego. But the one brand Epic believes could top them all is Nintendo. Speaking to Axios in Los Angeles this week, the head of Fortnite's ecosystem... Sax's person? I guess that's how you say his name. Sax's <laughs> Uh <laughs> Klaatu Barada <laughs> Nickel <laughs> admitted Epic had tried incredibly hard to woo the legendary video game company behind Zelda, Mario, and Donkey Kong but was unable to make any significant progress. Um, when asked how hard it was to woo Nintendo, he says I don't know what the word for like Making Diamonds is. Uh, Nintendo has their strategy, and we have our strategy, and we hope at some point to use their characters, uh, person said, because our players would love it. Now, I understand this, because Nintendo is very tight about uh, licensing their characters out. They do not just license their stuff to anyone. And how this compares to Game Pass being on the Switch, I don't understand, but that's a whole different ball game.
1: Yeah, I mean, for something like this, though, like you look at how popular Fortnite is, I would play Fortnite if this happened. Like I, I would in a heartbeat. Yeah. But it, it's, it's not just stuff like this, like. I know Nintendo is really tight with their IPs, but could you imagine how much a Mario set of Funko Pops would sell? Oh, yeah. I'd buy them all in a heartbeat. (laughs) Same thing with Legend of Zelda. If they released Zelda, Star Fox, Metroid, any of them.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's merchandising stuff, but when it comes to video game avatars like Mario, Zelda, Link, uh, Kirby, all these characters appearing in a different video game that's not made by Nintendo is never going to happen. I don't care how much money Fortnite makes. Nintendo is not going to do that. I know, but it would still
1: just be really cool. And I'm just saying this as a fan. You know, like I've very, very casually played Fortnite. And yeah, it's not my thing, but I would be more inclined to play it if you could play as Link or Samus or heck even, you know, Captain Falcon or Fox McCloud. Yeah, I know it's not going to happen, but I just feel like Nintendo would miss out on an opportunity.
0: Yeah, I, I know, but. You know how Nintendo is. I mean, (laughs) you would have better luck trying to empty the ocean with a spoon. Like, that's an easier task than getting Nintendo to agree to put their characters in a different game. Not made by them.
1: Yeah, I, I agree, but it still just sucks.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, Joey see.
1: says, I'm sure Nintendo thinks we already make action figures of those characters. Why would anyone need Funko's version? Probably.
0: Probably, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Man, if I'm, seriously, if, if I walked into a store and I saw a Mario Funko, I wouldn't even think about it. I would grab it and I would buy it. Oh,
0: 100%.
1: But that's never going to happen. No. No, it's not. Uh, Let's see. Our last story comes to us from Game Rant. Nintendo Switch Online surprises fans with three N64 games. Uh, See, Nintendo has added three more N64 games to the lineup, giving subscribers the chance to play classic titles like 1080 Snowboarding, Harvest Moon 64, and Jet Force Gemini. Nintendo has been slowly adding, that's putting it lightly, Hmm. um, adding Nintendo 64 games to Switch Online <clears throat> excuse me, since 2021, and it has now added the previously announced games to the service. More specifically, Nintendo has added all the promised N64 games to the expansion pack tier of its Switch Online service, which costs $49.99 per year, as opposed to the $19.99 per year that the base Switch Online cost. The higher price gives subscribers access to a sizable library of N64 games, along with other perks, uh, blah, 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 etc., cetera, etc., cetera. So I, I reviewed Jet Force Gemini a while back, and I, I enjoyed the game. So if I ever want to try it out again or play it more in-depth, you know, I have the opportunity to now. I remember playing 1080 snowboarding casually, but you know, it was fun for what it was. Mm-hmm. So you know I like Harvest Moon for the Super Nintendo. Yeah. I never played <clears> the 64 <throat> version until the other day and I made it about five minutes. (laughs) Those graphics are awful. Yeah. Like, they are really, really, really bad.
0: Well, it says also that um, this could be the last wave of N64 games added to the service. Um, So do you think this might be the last that we see of uh, even not just the N64, but the Super Nintendo, Nintendo... Everything that they've put so far uh, up on the uh, expanded service of retro stuff on the Switch,
1: I definitely think it's possible. You know, given that we'll have the uh, the Switch Two announcement anytime now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What I'm hoping, and I I think I put this in my predictions, I'm hoping that everything that is on the Switch, as far as the online service goes. I hope that's all available at launch. Yeah. Along with a batch of new NES, Super Nintendo, you know, etc. Because
0: uh, it, like, it does feel like everything's starting to slow down for the Switch, so I guarantee you we're getting that announcement. First quarter of 2024. I, I feel it in my bones. We're getting it soon. Mm-hmm.
1: I am a little surprised that they added Jet Force Gemini because Rare is, you know, owned by Microsoft now. Yeah. Like I know Banjo-Kazooie's on there, but that was added, you know, like when the N64 portion of this launched. Yeah. So I'm we'll, a
0: little surprised by that. Maybe we'll get some more Rare stuff once the new Switch comes out. Maybe they'll make nice with maybe they'll make nice with Microsoft and be able to to collab with Rare again on something. Who knows? That's another crazy maybe Uh, prediction and while they're at it
1: maybe they'll add something else (laughs) called game pass to the switch
0: (laughs) we'll see everybody thinks i'm crazy but when it happens i'm gonna i'm gonna put out an hour-long video of me laughing maniacally (laughs) i can't wait and uh before we go into this month of video game history i do want to tell everybody that we are Proudly sponsored by our mobile game partner, Globe Glider. And if you like action-adventure platformers, Globe Glider is for you. Make a donation to the game. It is, is a free download. If you want to play the game, it's absolutely free. Uh, but if you want to make a donation to the game using our partnership, it is quick and easy. Just simply hit the Donate button and select Nerd Cave Retro as your referral partner, and you will unlock sweet in game prizes like an exclusive... Nerd Cave Retro Cape. So download Globe Glider now on the App Store or Google Play. And now it is time for this month in video game history. On December 9th of 1988, Tecmo releases Ninja Gaiden for the NES Famicom, one of my favorite NES games. You're uh your white whale. The white whale. No longer my white whale. No I caught the white, the white whale, whale and my Moby Dick tale is over.
1: I, I still remember, you know, watching that on your Twitch stream <laughs> along with, you know, some of the some of the listeners we have. And uh it was a really cool
0: moment. Yeah, I am telling you was, finally it, finally it, break the jinx. It was one of the greatest moments of my life to actually finally finish that game. Like it, it was it it was one of the top 5 greatest moments of my life i i tell you no i believe it it was it was really great
1: december 17th of 1988 square releases final fantasy 2 for the famicom get this as the second installment of the final <laughs> fantasy series which is actually in the
0: us it's final fantasy 4 uh and and in europe it's final fantasy 17.2 Uh, And then they re-released it and remastered it for America and renamed it Final Fantasy 5.85. And then they re-released it in Japan as Final Fantasy 7.47. And then they put it back out in the UK and it became Final Fantasy 17.2 Part (laughs) 8.2.
1: And in Iceland, it's Final Fantasy 0. Yeah. The beginning.
0: Uh, which game what, Joey? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, December 4th maybe, of 19... 19- maybe he's
1: mentioning Ninja Gaiden?
0: Maybe. Yeah, probably Ninja Gaiden. Um, let's see. December 4th of 1991, Konami releases Super Castlevania 4 for the SNES in North America.
1: Yeah, I reviewed this uh, a while back on the podcast, and while I enjoyed it, it was really hard it was a really hard game. Yeah. Not like Super Ghouls and Ghost Hard, but it, it was one of the more challenging Super Nintendo games that I've played.
0: It's tough, but I it's still, fun. I
1: still liked it though.
0: For some reason I like to just like throw the whip out there and just kind of like flop it everywhere. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. That's just fun to me. December eighth of nineteen
1: ninety-eight, Star Wars Rogue Squadron is released for the N sixty four in North America. People like <laughs> praise the GameCube games and rightfully so, but I still think Rogue Squadron for the N64 is a fantastic game. I
0: played so much of that game for the N64. That between that and Resident Evil 2, those two games got the most gameplay from me. Mhm. Uh let's see, November uh November uh December 4th of 2001. Naughty Dog releases Jack and Daxter: The Precursor Legacy for the PlayStation Two in North America. Yeah,
1: I can't believe this game is what twenty-two years old now. Have we done the, any of the Jack and Daxter games? Hmm. I reviewed the first one. I thought we did um, either last year or the year before. Um, I think around this time. Yeah, because I think it was. It might have been two years ago because that would have been the twenty-year mark for the game yeah i I do want to play the sequels um i haven't played jack 2 in probably since it first came out and i never played jack 3 so Hmm. i got the whole collection on uh on the ps4 so um they're on my list to review for um for 2024 awesome but i i really like jack and daxter the the first one it's it's definitely got a little bit of that crash bandicoot feel Mm -hmm. um that you know, Naughty Dog was famous for before they went on to to make The Last of Us. But it it's a pretty underrated, you know, like action platformer.
0: They always look fun. I I've, I've never played any of them.
1: I wanna say there there was a rumor, or I don't it may be true, that there's gonna be a Jack and Dexter movie. Really? Which I think would be kinda of cool. It, <laughs> it might have been something somebody made up. I'll have to I'll have to look at it.
0: Oh uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, Joey says, A quick note gone. in video game history. Sony Ben Studio released Days Gone on April 22nd, 2019. And if any of you, if, if those of you who don't follow Joey, uh, go follow him at Joey Image uh, YT. That's all he talks about. Days Gone is like 98% of his uh, online life is promoting that game.
1: Well, he talks about wrestling, too. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. And last but not least, December 10th of 2002, Star Wars The Clone Wars is released for the PlayStation 2 in North America.
0: Oh, 26th. I'm sorry. I said the 19th. He's correcting me. It's April 26th, 2019. I want to get that ever wrong. Did you play The Clone Wars? Uh, I don't think I did.
1: Yeah, this game looks familiar. Like Maybe I saw it promoted, but I don't remember playing it.
0: I remember seeing this box all over the place cuz that's a pretty memorable cover to to a Star Wars game but I never played it. I don't think Yeah, I didn't did. either and it it's pretty well reviewed from what
1: I'm seeing here on the on the reception so might have to add this to the review list too.
0: Yeah, I played a lot of the Star Wars games that came out for the original Xbox like the uh, the Obi-Wan game, I think um Didn't what was the one with uh the there was one where you played as uh the clone specialty team? I don't remember the name of it. Mm. I don't remember it either. Ah. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll
1: find out. But yeah, I'll have to I'll have to add this to the list too because I I remember hearing good things about it.
0: Let's see. I'm gonna let's see do. So when you put an Xbox into Google, do you have to put original Xbox? Oh yeah, you do. <laughs> here it is. We got. Um. Let's see. We've got Star Wars Obi Wan. We've got. Let me see here. We got uh the Star Wars the video game trilogy. I actually have that. Uh, Lego video game trilogy. I have that on the. Uh, Ah, Republic Commando, here it is. That's it, Republic Commando. Uh, And Jedi Starfighter. I had Jedi Starfighter, too. And there was regular Starfighter, but I did not have that one.
1: Yeah, I don't think I played any of those.
0: Yeah, I got Star Wars Lego, the video game for the GameCube, which I I probably should be able to review that soon, because that should be coming up on 20 years. Yep. Mm -hmm. I, I think that would be fun. Yeah, absolutely but that's going to bring us to the end of this month of video game history. Derek, you want to do our Patreon shout-outs? Absolutely. We want to shout-out our awesome patrons over at
1: patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout-out our newest patron, YupFed, a.k.a. Knife, James, a.k.a. at Jimbo Junior on Discord, Travis Martin, Raven, Danny House, Justin Nispel, John West, Daniel Salmon, Mr. B. Rez Coffee himself, Mike Evelyn, who, send good vibes his way, he was um, yeah. he had his appendix removed today,
0: right? Yeah, he was removed from his appendix, and uh, his appendix is a 8-pound, uh, 7-ounce bouncing baby appendix.
1: <laughs> we, we should add the appendix to the, the Patreon list.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mike Evelyn, uh, Mike Evelyn's uh, appendix... <laughs>
1: Uh, The next thing will be a spleen. Yeah. Uh, then we have Tyler Watson, Blade 7 Armes Jackson, Carlos Longoria, but of course we call him I am the Rampage. Rampage. Staff Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Mr. Joey Image, and of course, Mama Diamond herself. Mama Diamond. Donna <laughs> Diamond. Thank you all so much for your continued contributions and keeping the lights on for us here at the podcast. And because you guys have been so good to us, you know, not just this year, but ever since you all have been a, a, a Patreon subscriber, we gave you the best Christmas gift you could possibly ask for. Our commentary track of the Star Wars holiday special. It's Man, the
0: gift that keeps on giving all year. Let me tell you, <laughs> you guys out there, that was the hardest commentary track. I mean, honestly, it was one of the best we've ever done because it was so much to make fun of. But getting through that whole thing was one of the hardest commentary tracks we've ever had because that thing was an hour and a half long and it felt like it was five hours long. Like It felt like watching Lord of the Rings Extended Edition.
1: Yeah, we, we got to see the entire <laughs> Life Day procession. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's especially that opening when there's just no dialogue that you can understand. Like, 12 maybe minutes. if you maybe if you had three P.O. there as a translator, it would have been a little better. But I said this on the commentary track. I I love Uncle George. I really do. But sometimes he comes up with stuff that just makes you want to slap him in the face. <laughs> And this is one of them. There's a reason why it's never been released. 12 it's why we had to watch it on YouTube.
0: 12 we counted. It was 12 minutes of just Wookiees talking to one another. And not even wookies that you know. It's Chewbacca's somehow Chewbacca has a family out of nowhere and you get 12 minutes of Wookiees just barking at one another. And and no subtitles. No, like, nothing. It's just them making noises at one another for 12 straight minutes.
1: It makes my head hurt just remembering it, <laughs> if I'm being honest.
0: <laughs> I was so ruined th- for the rest of the day. I was just like, man, I can't concentrate on anything else.
1: Do you? Did you ever watch the Drew Carey show? Yeah. When it yeah. was on the air? So do you remember the scene when... Um, when um he lays in the shower fully clothed and he's crying <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what i felt like doing after that commentary track was over uh, but oh. we we've also done you know much better well we did a great commentary track but we've watched much better content like gargoyles darkwing duck tailspin uh, DuckTales, real ghostbusters transformers the movie christmas vacation clue batman 1989 the list is near endless on what we've done, and I'm I'm excited to to see what we cover in uh, in 2024.
0: But yeah, uh, just I, I don't even have anything else to say about it other than if you do follow along with us, just be prepared for for one of the worst things you've ever seen in your life because it, there's no reason that should exist in the world. Yeah, if you.
1: If you need assistance, and I won't say to what degree, to get through it, I don't blame you. There will be no judgment here. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, if you want to subscribe to our Patreon, head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And for new patrons, be sure to send us your social media info, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, so we can give you a proper shout-out.
0: This is as loud as I could get the sample music. This is loud as it goes.
1: Oh, it's okay. Yeah. P- people don't need to be it. hearing it. <laughs>
0: and it's just this over and over again.
1: Yeah, it's it's on yeah. my list, but I, I'll uh, I'll get to that here in a little bit. So. I wanted to get into the Christmas season. You know, I've been watching Christmas movies, got all the Christmas decor up in the house. Um, for those that are watching on YouTube, I'm wearing a, a Mario Christmas sweater. So I wanted to do a Christmas-themed uh review for the show. And a while back, you reviewed uh, Home Alone, or I believe it was the Super Nintendo version, right?
0: Uh, was it or did it? No. Yeah, it was the Super Nintendo version. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, and then I thought, well, is there a Home Alone 2 game? Because I of, thought there was, but well, I wasn't of 100% there sure. there was. <laughs> yeah. So, sure enough, I find it, and I'm like, and I haven't read anything about it. I'm just like, okay, this is what I'm going to review. Because Home Alone 1 and 2 are movies that I watch every Christmas. They're mm-hmm. two of my favorite Christmas movies in general. And I feel like I'm in the minority when I say this, but I actually prefer Home Alone 2 to Home Alone 1. Um, I know a lot that might be sacrilegious to some people, but Mm. I like the New York setting. I like the fact that, you know, Kevin transforms this old house into basically a death trap for (laughs) Harry and Marv. Some of the the antics, yeah, they're really over the top, but the first Uh. movie was over the top, too.
0: Yeah, I I think I just have more nostalgic nostalgia for the first movie because I that first movie I actually got to go see it in a the theater because I won tickets off the local uh Fox station. I was watching like the afternoon kids block of cartoons and like call this number now to get ticket win tickets for Home Malone on opening weekend. So I called, got tickets and me and my dad mom and dad went to see Home Alone on opening weekend, and I've loved it ever since then. And I do love part two. It's got some great moments in it, but for me, I, I still am going to gravitate more towards the original, the first one. Right. So, um, yeah, the,
1: the game Home Alone 2 Lost in New York, of course, is loosely based on the 1992 film. So this game actually came out a month before the movie. It came out in um, in North America in October of 92 for the NES, Super Nintendo, and the Game Boy, but the movie didn't come out until November, which I thought was an interesting choice coming out, you know, like a full month.
0: Yeah, I would hope there would be no spoilers in the game.
1: Well, it's, so it's, when I say loosely based, I mean that literally, like it's, The setting's kind of the same, but it doesn't really follow the movie all that well. Like you, so when you start out the game, of course you're playing as Kevin McAllister, you're in New York, um, you're separated from your parents, and you start in the the Plaza Hotel. And right when you start the game, you have one of the hotel workers, which I'm assuming was supposed to be Tim Curry's character. Mm -hmm. But of course it, doesn't really look like him minus the suit um he's chasing you at the beginning of of the level so there are five different stages i believe the first one is the hotel and you're really just kind of aimlessly wandering through it like you get to a certain point and you have to ride up the elevator to get to um to get to a kitchen but the problem is the elevator's kind of random So you have to keep trying until you get to the kitchen.
0: So what's I didn't play this game, and um, I don't really know anything about it. Like, what was the point of the game itself? Because I remember the first game, you go through and you're trying to collect all the valuables in the house and put them into the the laundry chute. And trying to keep away from uh Harry and Marv the whole time, and that was kind of your goal was to get all the valuables and put them in the basement i guess um what was kind of the gameplay of this it, one?
1: It's more like a traditional platformer um there are things that you can collect like upgradable weapons. But you pretty much just go from stage to stage until you get to the end where you fight Harry and Marv. Uh, I would have preferred something like the the first game, like you were just describing, because I think that would have made the gameplay a little more interesting. Mm-hmm. But um, so basically, what you do is you you have different. Um, let me pull my notes back up here. So you have a couple of different attacks that Kevin can do. So his basic move is like you slide on the ground and that takes out most of your like non-human type of enemies, but you can also get a dart gun and uh, two guns that look like they have a boxing glove on the end. <laughs> and you use that to, you know, kill your enemies. One thing that did um, get a laugh out of me. So do you remember in, uh, in the movie, when Kevin takes that pearl necklace and he rips yeah. all the pearls out and he uses it to trip <laughs> Harry and Marv, yeah. that's like a recurring weapon that you can use. <laughs> and the beads explode on impact, and <laughs> okay. it and I'm like, okay, that's that's pretty good.
0: Uh, taking some and, uh, liberties uh, with it, uh, that in physics
1: loosely based uh, that's that's the theme of this review is it's loosely based on the movie um another cool one is you get a um you get a turtle dove and it gives you what's basically the screw attack from metroid okay i'm not lying like th- <laughs> like this is an actual thing okay
0: ow uh, i hate this one sentence you wrote in here Can can i say it that's in your notes yeah uh items are never in plain sight. Kevin must jump at specific location to reveal invisible power-ups. I hate that so much that game mechanic. I'm so glad that is a thing of the past. And I
1: don't understand the point of it back then. Like there's no rhyme or reason behind it. In my opinion, like if if you want to there are some power-ups that you do find, like, when you're in the hotel, you go into what's kind of like a gift shop, and you have to climb different shelves to go to the corner of the room where there's an upgrade to your gun. But that's not the norm. Yeah. If that makes sense.
0: I, d- so I that... don't like the whole invisible power-up thing. Like, I gotta understand, you know, because like, uh played at Adventure Island not too long ago, and there's a hidden... You know, in the end of the first level, there's a hidden coconut that allows you to do, like, continues and stuff. And I understand stuff like that because that's for the actual developers so they could play the game and actually get through it to develop it. They had to put little things like that in there, and that's not really meant for the public to to find. But when you intentionally hide invisible power-ups, that angers me.
1: Yeah, that was I mean the controls were the first thing I noticed that were kind of frustrating. But the random power-ups was like, okay, this this game's not very good. Yeah. And th- this is like I'm I'm still in the hotel stage. <laughs> so it's one that it don't take long for you to realize that th- this game was not mm. very well put together. I will give the game this the graphics are actually quite good for a Super Nintendo game. I the colors really pop. The sprites for the most part look good. When Kevin's running, it looks a little disjointed. And Harry and Marv move like almost like South Park characters <laughs> in a way, or they just kind of move like it's almost like they're skipping frames. Yeah if that makes sense. And I'm just like, you're doing this based off of a popular movie. Yeah, like but they, the original was really popular.
0: this. But when it, but it came I mean, to that, these licensed games, I mean, they probably only had like three months at most to put yeah. this game together.
1: Well, and I, I put that at the beginning of my notes too, is that, you know, I feel like a lot of We've talked about this before, but a lot of those licensed games didn't really follow the movie or the show yeah. all that much. Like I still like the Toy Story game, but it takes quite a few liberties from from that movie. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with with this. And the listeners heard it when I started the review, but the music <laughs> and the sound effects to this game are atrocious. <laughs> absolutely atrocious. The music sounds like it came out of a tin can. And especially when you add in sound effects to the mix, it all sounds just like a disjointed mess. It's like they don't know how to, to work as a cohesive sound.
0: Yeah. Well, they probably weren't able to, I don't know. They probably just got what they could get, you know, to get this thing out the door by the time the movie came out. So, that's why I always hated these, these licensed games, because they just felt so slapped together. Most of them, 90, probably 95% of them are just like this, just slapped together, messes of a game.
1: And the crazy thing is, THQ was involved with making this game. It was THQ yeah. and uh, Capstone Software. And I mean, like, I've played some good THQ games. Like, I feel like I've played more good than bad. But this is one that, if I could sum it up in one sentence, it is a victim of its identity. Meaning that it is a licensed game, and that's usually a recipe for failure.
0: I'm wondering, because I'm looking on this now, it was published by THQ, Sega, and Capstone Software but it was developed by Imagineering and Sega. So was the Sega version. The Genesis version of this was it different than the Super Nintendo version? Do you know? I'm not sure. Um I haven't I didn't really look into that. I played the Super Nintendo version
1: um for what it's worth. I That's probably something I should have looked at before we started because there have been differences between like the Super Nintendo or the the Sega Genesis versions. So maybe the Genesis one is a little bit better. Hmm. I can't picture it being much better though.
0: And also says this is a, a pretty cool little bit of trivia. <clears throat> In 2016 the the game developer Frank Sefaldi found the NES version source code on an old hard drive and released it to the public. He sta- he has stated the game's code was based on the Simpsons licensed titles on the NES also by Imagineering. And I liked those Simpsons games when I was a kid like Bart versus the Space Mutants. But man, mm-hmm. going back and playing those as an adult, those games are terrible, those Simpsons games. Why did they never put the arcade game out for like the Super Nintendo or anything? I just I that do not know boggles it. my mind.
1: I I wanted to play that um what was it The Simpsons Hit and Run. Yeah. That was out for the PS2.
0: You know, that's actually a really good game. I we should review that because that game was really good and they were planning on doing multiple sequels to that game, but somehow it just fell through the cracks those sequels. Because that was like mm-hmm. a GTA-style Simpsons game, and I remember playing it back when it first came out, and it was great. Hmm. Yeah, I
1: remember hearing good things about it, but it was just one that that I never got a chance to, to try out. So yeah, that was yeah, just... I'm,
0: I'm totally down to review that. That was just recently they said something about that, how they had planned like three or four sequels to hit and run, and just uh, something, I guess... Just fell through the cracks, I guess. Hmm.
1: Well, to uh, start bringing this home for uh, my thoughts on Home Alone 2, we've ripped the password system you know, <laughs> numerous times. The good news is, this game does not have a password system. But the bad news is, it doesn't have a save system either. <laughs> and but, uh... but the game is really short. You know, like, you you can beat it in like 30 to 45 minutes.
0: Do you want to, is the question.
1: So this is how I summed it up. If you're interested in it because you're a fan of the movie, I would say try it, but go in with very low expectations. And it, in all honesty, it's not a good game. Yeah. Like, it's really not. And it just seems like, Another one of those licensed games that, you know, they slap the, the movie title on it and they think people will buy it. Uh,
0: this is pretty funny here. It was awarded Worst Sequel of 1992 by Electronic Gaming Monthly. They also awarded it Worst Movie to, to Game of 1996.
1: Wow. It got, uh... <laughs> I think it's well-deserved. Yeah. And I I I was disappointed. Like I still went in with fairly low expectations, but because I liked this movie so much, I wanted to give it a chance. But it's not good. It's really not good. Like it it looks good, but that's really about it. Yeah, I like, think you can't I can't was... even enjoy being in the universe because you don't you don't really feel like you're in Home Alone.
0: Yeah, I think I think I felt the same way about. Home Alone for the Super Nintendo, the the first game. I, I'll have to go back and listen to what I said about it, but I just, it, I mean, it must not have been great because I don't remember much about it at this point. Yeah, so
1: I think, oh, some some quick scores here before I give mine. Um, all game gave the uh, SNES version two and a half stars. The NES got one star, Ooh, Ouch! Game Boy two and a half, PC three stars, and the Genesis two and a half. Hmm. So I'm going to say, I mean, I, I don't like giving games this low of a score, but I feel like I got two. I'm going to give it a three. <laughs> hey, I'm going to give it a three out if, of ten. Like, it it deserves
0: what it deserves.
1: It's. I hate to say it, but it is not a good game. Yeah. At all. And it was really disappointing.
0: I wasn't expecting much from it, honestly. And I didn't play it or look at any video because I knew it wasn't going to be good. I just, (laughs) you can just look at some of these. uh, You know, we lived through it, or at least I lived through most of it. You were still pretty young at the time, but, you know, licensed games were, you stayed away from them back then because they just, most of them were just crap shovelware mm-hmm. yep so yeah
1: it's my thoughts on home alone 2 lost in new york <laughs> the video game
0: and that's going to bring us to the end of our episode so derek tell them what's going on with the derek diamond experience yes yeah, so uh this
1: week uh, is the last new episode of 2023 I almost said 2024. I'm already living in the future. Um, yeah, so I talked with a local filmmaker, Alicia Marie, who is releasing her first feature film called Zombies. It's a combination between zombie and bees. It's made in the style of like Sharknado, three-headed shark attack. I love it. Um, yeah, so the the premiere is actually this upcoming Sunday um, in Mary Esther, which is around like the, the Fort Walton Beach area. Um, so if you want to hear her talk about you know, the making of the movie. You can check that out on the Derek diamond experience. Um, I'm not going to be putting out, um, archived episodes just cause I'm going to be kind of taking a backseat to a lot of things. Cause I need to recharge my batteries. So, um, the show's going to be back with new episodes the week after new years. So January 8th is when the show will be back. Awesome. But yeah. You can head over to linktree.com slash D diamond podcast to subscribe to me on social media, follow the YouTube channel or uh, subscribe to the
0: podcast. And uh, go check out the Open Micers podcast with me and Mr. Jacob Craig. Uh, just earlier today, we released the Thanksgiving episode to the public. So now you all get to watch me and Jacob torture ourselves with hot sauce and uh, really disgusting uh, cream of celery soup and some other things. That, that sounds we awful. Ate. <laughs> it was so gross. It was like... Oh warm salty milk it was just gross oh. <laughs> uh, so we released that today um, also for our patrons we just put out our Pensacola trip vlog on the patreon I need and, to watch that yeah uh, it was so good and then this week we talked with comedian Brandy Posey from LA she's been on Comedy Central she's got her own podcast she's got her own record label and we talked to her about altercation fest and being a comedian. So it was a really fun interview. She was awesome. and uh, So go check that out at Open Micers, Twitter and Instagram, openmikers.com. So Derek, is that everything for tonight? I believe so. And if you want to email us, email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Nerdcaveretro.com is our link tree. Takes you everywhere you need to go to on our socials. It takes you to our Facebook X, Instagram, um, our merch shop. Takes you to ncrmerch.com where if you if you're looking for some Christmas presents, we got all kind of different T-shirts and hats, stickers, magnets, bags, mugs, whatever you need. ncrmerch.com. Of course, our Patreon, patreoncom retro, is keeps us alive here on the show, keeps the lights on, and you get early access to those commentary tracks and all kind of stuff and ad free shows if you don't like all the ads go be a patron and if you can't do that can't give us any money we understand times are tough leave us a review and a 5 star rating so Derek please tell them what it's all about may the way of the hero lead to the triforce yeah. master blaster runs by the town you blew it this podcast is a Zoo House LLC production. Hey Derek, have you heard the news? What news? We officially have our very own line of coffee at brescoffeeco.com.
1: That's right, Nerd Cave Retro now has its very own medium roast coffee.
0: If you want to try it yourself or even some of the other awesome flavors like Wizard's Potion which is a butterscotch, caramel, and hazelnut flavored roast.
1: Or the Dragon's Breath Roast, which is a cinnamon dolce flavored roast.
0: They have tons of different flavors, and you can also just get a regular Colombian roast and add any flavor to it that you want. They even keep their seasonal roasts all year round.
1: If you need that boost to get you through those all-night gaming sessions, then head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use the promo code NCR for 10% off your order.